0: This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only nationally syndicated golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by Acura, precision-crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks.
1: Good morning, Canada. And Bob, in studio with me, the two of us today, as we're very lonely As Adam Scully is at his soon-to-be brother-in-law's bachelor party, I believe.
2: He is, and uh, that means this show has no chance of staying on the rails. (laughs) (laughs) We usually have some guy in control. When you and I are here, we're kind of looking around at each other this morning. Okay, uh, where are we? What's going on here?
1: Where's the producer? (laughs) Uh, It uh, felt cold. This morning. Six degrees was on my uh, temperature gauge in the car there. on and the dark. Dark. Dark, yeah, too. Dark. Driving
2: across the city this morning, I'm sitting there going, yeah. when is it going to get light? It's S- almost seven here. Six
1: and dark. You know what this means? Get uh, out of Canada. Yeah. Get exactly. out of Canada. Exactly. It so it's time to get somewhere south. I know uh, you were in uh, Cabot this week. You were out in Cabot, and we're going to talk about the, the RBC event that you were at there because there was so much going on. I said, we've well, we, we <laughs> got to talk about the segment event. of it. We have to do a whole segment because <laughs> I was I was following you on online going, oh, this, this looks awesome. So I want to know about it because I hear it's a great event. Um... But, you know, yours truly, uh, there's two things I'm not supposed to do. Uh, Put on weight (laughs) and play golf in the cold. Because that means Mark's back's gone. And I've put on eight pounds since July. Wow. And I have uh, played golf yesterday in a closing uh, year-end event at Scarborough Golf Club that Mm -hmm. I was invited to. Lovely Scarborough. By Heather's aunt. uh, Heather's uncle, excuse me. And um, we played uh, with TJ Rule, who's a friend of the show. You know TJ. and. With the extra weight on the front and the cold weather and the damp, um, yeah, not good today. <laughs> I uh, look like the hunchback of Notre Dame Ouch. getting out of bed. Quasimoto coming it's out of bed. not good
2: having a bad back. No. It is not good.
1: So I have officially, like to go on record, what's, what would what's, what the date be today? I didn't even look at the date. It was the 13th of October, and I am officially announcing the end of my Canadian golf season on October the 13th, Let the Record Show.
2: It's been a sad day. Sad moment here in sports history. That's right. Mark it, Mark's that's, hanging it up for the year.
1: <laughs> all those, <laughs> So those anybody who is looking forward to me coming up and posting a, a frustrating 75, 76, I'm sorry you're going to have to wait You should, till
2: you should wait till Wednesday. Maybe think of, reconsider on Wednesday. You think because you know what happens on
1: Wednesday? Well, what's happening Wednesday? Well, there's <laughs> medicinal new medicine available. Oh, that's right. That's That's right. That's this Wednesday. You know what I find interesting? All these golf clubs this week are coming out with like messages to their membership on how they're going to treat cannabis. That's right. And and it's really, it's a bizarre thing because we were talking about this yesterday at Scarborough, and I know the Hunt has done it. I'm sure Weston has had conversations and communications about this as well. It's that it is a weird thing to discuss and make decisions on because... It's a now you're talking about a legal substance, right but you're also talking about a substance like alcohol that you know can Impare. impair impair. Uh, so like how do we treat this? Funny enough, the communication of Scarborough Golf Club in the last week is that it's not allowed anywhere on the property regardless.
2: I'm pretty sure that's what Weston came up with too. I'm pretty sure that a lot of courses are like that and it'll be interesting to see how that evolves over time. How it's policed? Yeah, that's right. It's you know. uh, lots of questions. but you know for you, I'm just thinking,
1: your back, Just for my, my back. yeah. <laughs> I might back. you know. There you go. Uh, before we get to news and headlines, because we've got a big show, Adam Stanley, who covers golf for m- many uh, media outlets, including Tour.com. He does mm-hmm. a web.com tour for Tour.com. Adam's going to swing by in our second hour, talk a little PGA Tour, uh, Canadians on tour, and also Canadians chasing the tour currently on the web.com tour Q School uh, route. So uh, we'll get into that with Adam. Of course, winner's weird and what. We did a Twitter poll. Uh, yesterday that's still going on that we want to jump into as well. And the reason is that Brooks Koepka, uh was player of the year. He was up against Francesco Molinari, uh, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, Justin Rose, and, you know, uh, Bryson DeChambeau. Players that have had two wins, three wins, etc. Brooks Kepka had the two wins. Obviously, they were majors. Yeah. So I was curious, Bob, because you and I have had this conversation many times. What does a major, in terms of Player of the Year, when we're evaluating that, what does a major equal in terms of regular tour wins? Yeah. Is, it, is it win a win? Is it the same? Is it a win and a half? Is it double? Is it more?
2: Or is each individual non-major, like, does a player's mean more than the RBC Canadian Open?
1: Right, Something you like know. That. So I, we threw it out to the Twitter Twitter universe, and we're going to see, you know, how you just the listener feels about this. You know, you, you and I kind of almost went that it means like almost like two wins, but it wasn't quite when we talked about it last. So it right. was somewhere between one and a half and two wins. And, and I don't know if you recall this, but when we were talking about this last time, we both said that if you win another major in a year, though, it almost makes the first major uh, like feel like more. Sure. Right? So yeah. we're going to get into that. We got we're, uh, Class of Hall of Fame was announced, by the yes, way, as well, so right. we're going to jump into that. Okay. Lots to get to. I uh, want to give a shout-out to uh, Andreas Priftis. Uh, Andreas manages the Roos Chris in Niagara Falls, <laughs> as well as many of the Haunted Houses and the funds. Zone and the, many of the hotels. Wait a minute! And the wait I- a minute. You
2: went from went from Roosevelt to the hotel. Well, Holden I'll House? tell you why. Because okay. there's this
1: great ownership group down there. Okay. That he's part of the management team. That's all under this umbrella. And we went down and shot episode two of Off the Hazel with Dave Hempstead, Dave Mary, the whole team. Right. right. Went down, and I I wanted to uh, acknowledge him because it like when we shoot Off the Hazel, Bob. It, it's like a circus it's, it's <laughs> I can like imagine the, the li, uh, moving parts going around is just insane and to have a guy on the other side who is like a liaison that has access to like he he lined up zip lining for us oh, helicopter nice. wow. for us uh Bruce Chris uh like you name it he would like it was like having another producer on site. It was unbelievable. So thank you, Andreas. You were awesome. Without you, I don't think the episode uh, ever gets done or gets in the can. So we had a great time, too. Awesome. Yeah, lots of fun. Looking forward to finally getting this at some point out there. It's just, you know, with yeah. all these schedules, we got to get six episodes in the can, Bob, okay. before it is anything, right? So we still got a long way to go, but we're getting there, having lots okay. of fun. All right, let's get to some news and headlines.
0: News and headlines is brought to you by Porter Airlines. Now flying direct to 16 Canadian destinations and seven U.S. destinations direct, including Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Visit flyporter.com. Porter Airlines, flying refined.
1: In news and headlines, we're going to start off with something local that I know there's. I, I know there's certainly a bee in Bob's bonnet this morning <laughs> about this, and I know why. And I know it's a local story for Toronto and we're going coast to coast, but this applies, I think, to the golf community around the country. And the reason I say that is the industry of golf, whether it be from Victoria all the way across to St. John's, Newfoundland, the industry of golf and the game of golf in this country uh, just generates so many millions of dollars for Canada, uh, jobs, etc., etc. And this is a micro example, though, of some of the problems that, that the golf industry t- tends to bump into for some reason and on, the, on a regular basis. Jennifer Kiesmet who is running for mayor, and, uh, mayor of Toronto, uh, trying to really run against John Tory, is seeming to line up like mm-hmm. it's almost going to be a two-horse race here. Uh, I think Tory still projected to he is uh, remain to mayor of yeah, Toronto. Comes out this week with a mandate as part of her platform to take three of the oldest uh, city golf courses here in Toronto, one of which I grew up, learning to play golf on. One of
2: which hired me for my first job
1: anywhere. Uh, Scarlet Woods, Don Valley uh, Golf Course, and D'Antonia Park Golf Course, moving west to east. And a plan to shut them down. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you and turn them into like parkland and claiming that you know they're not profitable they don't make money and that th- these can be opened up to everyone in some parkland uh, where there's no cost to, to the to the to the city. city excuse me or no cost to the uh, consumer to the to the uh, me- uh, p- a person of Toronto the um, citizen Citizen thank you that's what I'm Taxpayers. For. The Taxpayer of Toronto Bob I- I- I'm going to let you go. You go on this one because you start because I like there's so many different ways you go, go here. But like most things that government touches, if you just tried managing it.
2: Well, okay. I mean, I, there's we could do a whole show on yeah, this. We exactly. Yeah, we could. But I'll tell you. So I, I did a little digging around when this came out because I'm very mad. As I said, Scarlet Woods is a course where I grew up on. There's mm-hmm. still lots of kids playing all three of these golf courses, access to it. And she trotted out the same kind of old tired things. Well, golf's on the decline. Well, actually, it's not. It's actually stabilized. There were more rounds played in Canada the last year than there were the year before. So it's actually on the way up. Fake news. So she, right. She, exactly. Exactly. The city owns 53 arenas. It owns 58 outdoor swimming pools and over 250 ball diamonds. Now, those are all subsidized to different levels. Mm-hmm. Uh, the arenas and the outdoor pools especially. They are also all just run on, they're open fewer hours in golf courses. The seasons are shorter. They are used by less people than golfers, and they don't produce the jobs that golf courses do. Yet those are not mentioned one iota in any of this. Let's close down some hockey arenas. Let's close down some baseball diamonds. Baseball, by the way, I looked on Stats Canada is showing the biggest decline in participation of any of the major sports in Canada. Mm -hmm. So why don't we take some of these baseball diamonds that are sitting empty. I go to take my dog to a dog park, and I walk by a baseball diamond, and I go there every day, and I have never... Seen anyone right. use the diamond. Yeah. Never.
1: So so where does this come from? What's the angle here? Is this like a shot at, I'm at the elitist? Yes. You're not taking a shot at the elitist. The elitists are members of private golf clubs, lady. Right. What you're taking a shot at is the kid that wants to try golf for the first time. Sure. That's or who the you're se- taking. Or, or seniors who can't se- se-
2: afford to join the yeah. private club. Yeah, right? nice shot. When Real go, nice shot. And, and yes, they're, now there's projected that they need some upgrades. They need to spend $10 million dollars which is fine, but, you know, you do the same thing at hockey. You do the same thing at pools. They also said, well, we want to have green space. Well, if you look at Scarlet Woods and the other ones I haven't taken a Mm -hmm. closer look at, an overhead view of Scarlet Woods, Mm -hmm. which is at Jane and Eglinton, Mm -hmm. the four corners are all green space to varying degrees. Soccer fields, there's a park, there's baseball fields. Also, just to the west side of Scarlet Woods is the Humber River, and on the other side of the Humber River is the Humber Trail, which goes all the way down to Lake Ontario. It's all green space. Mm So, and you can, and, and I saw uh, Lawrence Applebaum, Golf Canada CEO, mm-hmm. offered in as well on this. He said, you know, golf courses can be mixed use. You can use them for, for, with very little change, you could use them for cross-country skiing in the winter. Yep. You can use them for, you could put a bike path in around it. I mean, there's lots of ways to Turn do it this. Turn it into a than,
1: park on Sundays like St. Andrew's exactly. Old
2: Exactly. There's a, lots of ways to do this rather than just closing but it.
1: But that wouldn't be a political shot that would take some thought, that yeah. would take some management and an original idea.
2: There are two courses that the city owns that are managed privately that are that are contracted out. Right. Uh, Royal Woodbine mm-hmm. and Centennial Park. So why not contract them out? Take a guaranteed lump sum and say, here we go, you run Don Valley. Well, anyway.
1: Jennifer, whatever it is you're going to do when this election's over after October the 22nd, <laughs> I'm glad you're not going to touch any golf courses. <laughs> Whew, I feel better. All right. <laughs> All right. Oh, I'll stretch the back. Okay. <laughs> yeah. New PGA Tour event coming to San Francisco. It looks like Steph Curry, uh, the host.
2: Yes, Steph Curry is going to host a new one. It's going to start. They're looking at projecting it in the San Francisco area a year from, from this year, so next fall. And it got me thinking about some of the, uh, it'll be the Steph Curry something or other right. open, right? Right. And I was thinking about all the people who hosted, obviously Bob. Bob Hope and, and right. Bing Crosby. Yeah. Remember, there was the Dean Dean Martin had a tournament. I don't recall Dean. Yeah, Jackie Gleason. I know Jack. Yeah, the of Indurator course. open. Perry course. Como had a tournament. You're kidding me. Sammy Davis Jr. <laughs> you're mean, kidding are, me. People, if you're under if you're under like 40, you, you probably don't know, any know who these people, people are, right? Uh, so.
1: Obviously, everyone knows Hope. Yeah. The Crosby Clambake. Yeah. Everyone knows that. More recently, Justin Timberlake for KT a few years one. in That's Vegas. Right. But uh, I had no, and I you know I love the Rat Pack and whatnot. Yeah. And I'm 43, so I you know I actually have some kind of knowledge of of. They represented and who they were, but I had no clue that Martin and, uh, yeah, at some point, uh, maybe they all had one, (laughs) right? Perry Como, that was a sleepy affair. (laughs) See, that went over the head of like 90% of our audience (laughs) this morning. Oh, uh, Bob, okay. I wonder if the Steph Curry Open will be, because it's San Francisco, will be uh, Steph Curry Open brought to you by Uncle Ben's rice. Do you think? Yeah, maybe. It, <laughs> maybe. Curry, <laughs> Curry and rice. Maybe. <laughs> That's right. <laughs>
2: ah, very good. There you go. Ah, the San Francisco tree.
1: There you go. Uh, no fans for the Tiger Phil event, which is going to look awkward on television on, on Thanksgiving. There's to be weird? some. They're going to have some VIPs yeah. and
2: stuff walking around. But, but it's going to look very it's weird. It's going to look very,
1: like, Calm. Awkward. <laughs> it's already an awkward event. Yeah. You think they'd want to fill it? Uh, Patrick Harrington, 2020, uh, almost locked for the 2020 European it Looks like uh, Lee Rider Westwood has, has
2: kind of stepped aside. He says he'll yeah. do Rome. Yeah. And, uh, and it looks like Harrington will get the next dunk.
1: Hey, listen, no shot against Wisconsin, but if I was Westwood, I'd do Rome too. Yeah. yeah. Exactly.
2: Gee Lee, what a big leap. You'll <laughs> yeah. take
1: Rome over Wisconsin. <laughs> And Henrik Stenson uh, withdraws from the WGC with an elbow surgery. That nagging elbow really lasted yeah. all year long, kind of, uh, and he got the surgery done. All right, we got to shut her down. We're running late. We're going to take our first break. On the other side, we're going to find out about Bob's Week, this great event, RBC Scramble, ending today out at Cabot Links and Cabot Cliffs, uh, Canada, one of Canada's finest, if not top, golf facility in the country. We'll hear Bob's Week from RBC next, and some uh, some interesting uh, music. On the tee. Well, that's a teaser. We'll go there. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC was brought to you by Acura. Precision crafted performance. Acura, celebrating 30 years in Canada. Visit Acura.ca for the 2018 lineup and dealership incentives. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit TaylorMadeGolf.ca to switch today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to GTC. Speaking of TaylorMade, uh, (laughs) this week... Yeah, Le- did you see Jason Day leak the iron? Sneak. Yes, it was the it's the P seven sixty. So this is what uh, I know. Uh, or what I believe to know about this tailor-made product. Okay. So the 760 stands for the millimeter length of the blade. So I currently currently play the 770s. So this will be a little bit shorter. A little Is that right? shorter How's than How's my that? math? Yes, 10, 10 millimeters shorter. Oh, excellent. You see that? And, of course, the 750s are out there. But the one thing this has, which I find interesting that the 750 and the 770 do not have is these are uh, foam-injected, speed foam-injected, like the ah, 790s.
2: Like, like the Gapper.
1: Right, and the 790s, right. So, potentially, and we will learn more about this product, but potentially, we are looking at a forged golf club, smaller than the 770, thinner top-line than the 770, but could potentially go further because of speed foam. So, we'll, we'll find this mm, out. We'll find lots, lots going on. Now, speaking of lots going on, uh, RBC Scramble this week, PGA of Canada, the RBC Scramble. This has become quite the popular event, Bob. I've never been, but I've heard wonderful things. I was following you this week on social media, and you had so much cool stuff out there. I said <laughs> we got to talk about, like, just do a segment on this. So, give give for our listeners that don't know what this is, give them the Cole's Notes version of. What is this event, and some of the some of the very cool things that you were doing on social media?
2: So this is the RBC Scramble presented by the Lincoln Motor Company. There you go. That's the full title, and uh, RBC and Lincoln are the big sponsors. And essentially, it is one professional and four amateurs uh, in varying handicap kind of categories and configurations. And there are a number of different levels of qualifying, and you don't have to be a member of a private club, even though you know clubs are represented. But a lot of these are, are public courses. So you can get, and you don't even have to have a pro. Like you could actually show up and, and try and qualify, and then you'll you'll get a pro put on your team, or you can arrange with a pro to get on there. But essentially, you go through a local qualifying, you go to a regional qualifying, and if you make it, you basically go. I think it's I think you have to pay four hundred bucks, which can covers your flight, uh, your accommodation, all your golf, bunch of meals, uh, parties, everything that goes on at this thing, and you and you play. Two rounds at the links and one round at the cliffs out at Cabot. How good's that <laughs> it's, for four hundred bucks? Yeah, and it's so much fun. And you also like, like for instance, our good buddy T.J. Alderdice was telling yeah. me they had a, a qualifier at Muskoka Bay. Okay, anybody could show up. You didn't have to be a member, right? Normally, I think it's one hundred and eighty-five dollars is the guest fee to play there.
1: Yes, that's a stock fee at uh, Muskoka Bay.
2: Okay, so they for this thing to sign up and play it was eighty bucks.
1: So one hundred five dollars off a green fee.
2: They did so. Even if you don't qualify, you get to play at Muskoka Bay. Why wouldn't Bay. you go? Exactly, and it's uh, and they had it the Tuesday after a long weekend, which would normally be a slow time for the course, right? And they jammed it up, and filled it up, and I tell you, this thing has has taken off in terms of participation, a number of people playing astronomically, and I can see why. It's a very, uh, it's a very um, Equitable, very financially affordable way to go, and and some of these people we met on the T. So there, there are teams from right across the country, every province except Newfoundland and Labrador, right. and they, I met some guys from Scarborough, or from uh, sorry from Saskatchewan, right. Royal Regina. Two of the guys had never been out of Saskatchewan in their life. Come on couple of the people had never been east of where their province was. Like in Manitoba, a couple of guys said, well, I've never been east of Manitoba.
1: Are you sure they're not from Louisiana?
2: <laughs> yeah, I know. And it's, <laughs> and it's unbelievable. And you've got a great mix of people who are having a lot of fun. And some people go out there and... I think they're a little less serious than some of the right, other guys. Right. Some of them are number one at the party, and right. some of them are number one at the golf course. Right. Anyway, third round today, they get all their handicap stuff, and they're playing again today. And it's it was a little chilly. I won't uh, I won't lie to you. Standing there, on the first tee,
1: there was a celebrity appearance on the first tee.
2: So a couple of guys have some roots back in Cape Breton, and they came back. I think they were from uh, Winnipeg or from Manitoba somewhere. Anyway, what they did this year was they had a big Lincoln car on the first tee. Mm-hmm. And everyone got walk-up music, and they played it through the sound system in this Lincoln, which was absolutely incredible. But one team decided, well, we're going to get our own walk-up music. So they made connections with three-time Juno Award winner Ashley McIsaac, the legendary fiddler. Right. He just walks up onto the first tee. Hey, how are you? Pulls out his fiddle, plays a little reel. The guys all come up on the tee. Awesome. <laughs> they couldn't believe it. And there's Ashley McIsaac. I couldn't believe it. I'm a big fan of Ashley. So he came out and, uh, and played, and, uh, and they teed off from to that.
1: That's so it cool. Was... Now, I haven't been out. Uh, we only got a couple minutes left, and we got a bail on this segment. On the Coming up on the other side, we're going to uh, take a look at the Hall of Fame class of 2019, which was announced this week. But I, I haven't been out to Cabin in a couple of years. The last time I was there, do you remember they opened the Cliffs for, like, the September yeah. of a final season? That's when I was there. Yeah. I played Cliffs like two weeks after it was open. So there was no driving range at Cliffs. There was no clubhouse at Cliffs. Uh, when I left there, they were going to build a clubhouse at Cliffs, build a range at Cliffs, and build more accommodations over at Lynx. Have they done those three things? So
2: they've built more accommodation at Lynx. Right now, the, uh, they have a range at Cliffs. Okay, There's a tennis court at Cliffs now that they built. So people want to play some tennis.
1: In 60-kilometer winds. Yeah. That'd be interesting.
2: <laughs> and the, uh, and the, uh, the clubhouse, uh, they're about to start as soon as the season kind of ends. All right. They're also going to build a little short course. They haven't even determined how many holes it could be. It yes, could be 12. I could heard be that. Nine. And there's talk about a third full-length course somewhere down the road. And there's be, so there'll be a clubhouse with some accommodation over there right? at uh, at Cliffs as well. And so
1: they have started developing those things that they were it's, talking
2: it's, about. Yeah, it's getting there.
1: Well, well, you know what? They're full. They're busy. It's a popular... People are flocking They expanded there. the
2: public house, by the way, as well. Oh, really? More room at the public house. What a
1: surprise they did. They're, they're shocked yeah. that they needed to do that, exactly. right? There's exactly. no one hanging out there. Yeah. Well, you know what? we got to get back. i got to get back out there. I, I don't know. Maybe next year we'll go back, check it out, and... Uh, I'd love to play it again. It's a real special spot. And for me, you know, I don't have enough experience at West playing golf. I need to do that. But for my own personal experiences, it's the it to me, it's the well, best golf experience in the world. Maybe we should
2: qualify next year. You and I will we'll try to get a team do you for use the RBC Scramble. We'll yeah.
1: Scully, that way, if we're tired, Scully can just do everything? Yeah. I like it. All right. <laughs> On the other side, Ratif Goosen. Headlines the Class of 2019 Hall of Fame in the World of Golf. This is GTC.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the TP5 and TP5X Golf Ball. Five layers make it exactly like nothing else. Visit taylormadegolf.ca to switch today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kartek, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit JPSMGolf.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Zacchino in the studio with Bob Weeks, uh, covering everything that happened. I can't believe the news that still comes out in October in the world of golf. <laughs> it's just—it's it's a constant flow of stuff going on. And again, this week, uh, it was announced that next June at Pebble Beach, uh, when they US have Open the there? U.S. Open, which should be a spectacular event, they will induct. Uh, new members into the World Golf Hall of Fame: Retief Goosen, Peggy Kirk Bell, Bill Payne, Dennis Walters, and Jan Stevenson. Uh, those are the five going in in different categories. Let's obviously let's start with the the headliner, the, the top of the food chain here being uh, Retief Goosen, uh, who was very interesting Bob to hear what he said because he won 36 times around the world and he was a two-time U.S. Open champion but when he got the call his first instinct was shock and he <laughs> said you forget sometimes you know what you've accomplished in your career and you, you know I guess the World Golf Hall of Fame wasn't on the radar for Retief in his own mind and then all of a sudden the phone rings.
2: Yeah and and it was kind of neat the way the uh, the Hall of Fame did it. They got I guess what you'd call idols for the particular recipients to call. So Gary Player, for instance, called Retief Goosen, obviously South African uh, connection, yes, yes. and told him and uh, announced it to him. But it was, I guess, when you're in the th- the thick of it, you don't really think about it. But I'm sure in the back of their mind, they kind of know what was going on. And you kind of, I mean, they knew they were up for up it. Up for right? Yeah. They were amongst the finalists. So it's still obviously a huge, uh, huge achievement. And Retief Goosen, I think, is worthy. I mean, when you think back of his career, you think of those U.S. Open wins, obviously, but there's a lot of other things that he did around the world, and he was, like Gary Player, certainly a world player. I remember one time someone telling me he had this—he had a plane, uh, his own plane. He was one of the few guys who actually owned one for a while, mm-hmm. and he would go and play in Brazil and play a skins game there for two days and fly back to a PGA Tour event and Memphis, and then go over to London and play a European tour events. Venom. I mean, he was a real world traveler. Right. He, he really kind of,
1: yeah, still does. And, uh, you know, I will say, was it 01 or 04 Shinnecock out of the two U.S. Open wins? One uh, of them was Southern Hills, and one of them was Shinnecock. I Southern can't Hills recall. is, yeah, 04, I think. 04 Shinnecock. I think you're right. Um, I will say that that is still to this day the best putting performance I've ever seen. The Sunday final round, sugar, where they lost the golf course completely. Like, I laughed this year. When they when they said that they lost the golf course, yeah, they might have crossed the line a little yeah, on the Sunday, day, like that day. but not like that. That day, they were putting <laughs> on hard pan dirt, rolling at about fourteen and a half. Uh, it was impossible, and Retief Goosen one putt his way to the U.S. Open. He was knocking in twenty footers on greens that shouldn't even have been like walked on.
2: There there was no like tension in the gra- in the grass. What, what left was grass. It was like basically putting on dirt. There were little. Tufts that would bounce the thing offline as well. I can remember standing behind on the putting green on Saturday night. We were waiting to interview Mike Weir, and he had a little six-foot putt, and he was just trying to get this to go in the hole. And he said, you know what, guys, I'll be right with you. He was joking. He said, I just want to make this putt first. And after a while, it became almost a game. Like this ball would go left, then it would go right, then it would stop short, then it would go long. He must have taken 40 putts, all of them pretty good putts, but there was just no way he could get the ball in the hole. Yeah. So, that to me says what Goosen did is even more amazing.
1: A, I've never seen anything like it, uh, and I probably never will. Well, Peggy Kirk Bell uh, was a real uh, promoter of women's golf and a, a backer of the LPGA and the ladies' game when, when it needed a push and it, and it needed builders, so to speak. Uh, Bill Payne, the former chairman of Augusta Bill National. Payne. Who uh, opened the doors to juniors? The drive chip and putt uh, allowed the first female Pacific Championship. Yes, first female, first female member to the club. So he was a real pioneer of dragging Augusta National in into the next century, Very so to speak. So. Uh, Dennis Walters, who lost uh, the use of his legs in 1974, became a trick shot artist and uh, was actually. Up until uh, up until this June, where this will be rectified, he was the only uh, Bobby Jones Award winner from the USGA and PGA of America Lifetime Achievement Award winner who was not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So he
2: is now in. Deserving. And he's, he's actually an amazing guy to watch him. Put on a show, pretty remarkable.
1: I've never seen his show, but I I, I know I, I when when we discussed this off the air this morning, I uh, I realized that I did I do recall a lot of those magazine covers yeah. of him. And,
2: People, he always has a great line. He says he says, "You want to talk about a golf handicap?" <laughs> 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 he just shows you you can still play.
1: And, and Jan Stevenson, who you know, I I don't want to say that because maybe it was just my impression of Jan, or maybe my generations, because she's still before kind of. My Mm -hmm. time, Jan Stevenson was kind of like a pinup girl of the LPGA tour, like the Anna Kournikova, so to speak. You know what? She won three majors.
2: She won one here in Canada. She won the Demoree Classic in 1981.
1: Had game. She had. She had substance. She was the real deal. And she's going to the Hall of Fame, and I think that's that's cool. Remember I think that,
2: that's great. Remember the famous picture of her? She was uh, without clothes, lying in a bathtub that was full of golf balls. Yes, I do
1: recall <laughs> that famous picture. Yes. Wow, you right. never get away with that. These well, days, wait till the you. Golf Talk Canada calendar comes <laughs> off. <laughs> I'm afraid, jeez, <'Cause, laughs> it's a bunch of donuts. I'm going to sit in a, in a tub of donuts. Um, Bob, you know it's funny because all well deserving, uh, it gets hard on an annual basis. I mm. think for for Hall of Fames to uh, the process also changes over the years of, yep. of what... You know, the LPGA is probably the stiffest Hall of Fame because they have very hard lines on how you qualify for the Hall of Fame. Yeah. They take the gray out of it where most Hall of Fames allow some gray and some flexibility, right? I remember when Monty went in and everybody had an opinion when Monty went in.
2: Because he never won a major.
1: Never won a major, never won on American soil. But he was a seven-time uh, Order of Merit winner in Europe, a Ryder Cup uh, Stallworth, uh, you know, this, this, yep. this. His worldwide wins were, I know, off the top of my head, I don't know what they were, but they were, you know, huge worldwide wins. Uh, so there's always debate. When I say World Golf Hall of Fame, is there somebody that pops out that you think should be in that isn't in there? Because I know there's a couple of uh, multiple major winners that aren't in there.
2: There's like, you know, Hal Sutton, Corey Pavin, those kind of guys who are on the ballot this year, I think. The one thing to me is that it it's it's not quite as wide um a group of people that I'd like to see get in there like there's no caddies in there I think caddies have a have a space mm-hmm. there's very few journalists who are in there there's some but not a lot mm-hmm. I think there's those people so outside of the players I think the people who go in like Billy Payne is a, is a great addition because right. he did a lot of stuff for golf but I think there's a few too many of those kind of people and not enough of the people who are actually At the golf courses, working at the golf courses, the caddies, some players. And there are some players, some architects, things like that.
1: The media is the obvious one, though. Yeah. Because most Hall of Fames, like, for instance, in this country, I think we do a pretty good job of that, whether it be the Ontario Golf Hall of Fame, Canadian Golf Hall of Fame. Yeah,
2: the Ontario, I think, Golf Hall of Fame does it great because they have a a, a specific award for a media person, which is great.
1: Right. Um, do you think we'll see more of this as this thing grows? Because, you know, they have gone through some changes with the World Golf Hall of Fame over the years. Yeah. They used to do it annually. Now it's every other year. Right. They used to do it in St. Augustine. Now it travels with the U.S. There's Open. now a
2: select group of people who vote. I used to be right. a voter, actually, for the World Golf Hall of Fame. I used right. to vote for the International. They had, they had someone called the International... Ballot, which I always thought was strange because this is the World Golf Hall of Fame.
1: Yeah, and, why do you even yeah, need an, an international, international ballot? Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah, hold on it's, a second.
2: There's an American myopic view yeah, right there. Right. But, but uh, now they've got a kind of a closed group of, of people who select who yeah, the Yeah, which like are. we're talking
1: about Jack Nicholas, Annika yeah. Sorenstam, Gary Player. Like it is the who's who. Sure. They're but, all. But they're all seem to be because of who they are. And I understand why it's player centric. Right, right. And right. I get that. But as we go forward, it's going to be harder to stay player-centric sure. if you're not going to... Because the, the pool starts to shrink, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, otherwise, you know, you and I are going to end up on the ballot. Yeah, right? Well, that's so, right. You know, oh, for you, you might, because, you know, you've already <laughs> in, like, 19 Hall of Fames. For me, I don't think my first Hall of Fame should be the World Golf Hall of Fame. Let's start with the Scarborough Golf Hall of Fame. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to have to create the Scarborough <laughs> Golf Hall of Fame just so I can get in.
2: You could be in the Golf Talk Canada Hall of that's Fame. That's it.
1: The inaugural, <laughs> the inaugural inductee into the South Scarborough Hall of Fame There's- for Golf.
2: I mean, look, there's no right way or wrong way to pick people for these things. No, and and the people who go in, like this whole class, is all deserving. They're all great people. It's just you got to look maybe a little bit wider, a little open your eyes, a little spread your wings a little bit, yeah. look at some other people who have done a lot of stuff for golf. And I think there's a few of them out there that uh, that go in. And I find right now, like I haven't actually been to the Hall of Fame. I don't know the, if you've been to the one in. Uh, I, like, and Jacksonville. I'm
1: talking. Well, it was it's been open for what 20 years? Would that probably, be accurate? Like that. So I would have been there probably like 15 years ago. Okay. I'm guessing. Maybe yeah.
2: longer, Bob? So it's, uh, I'm not sure if it's how, I mean, they're trying to do things to make it more relevant, but uh, holding the ceremonies at at the U.S. Open, things like that are really good. But I don't know. We'll see.
1: We'll see how it goes. It's going to be interesting. I do like that the fact that they do do it at a major in the middle of the summer where there's mm-hmm. already a golf community gathered that right. they can piggyback, et cetera. So congratulations to all of them. Well-deserved. And uh, we'll keep our eye on that for next June at Pebble Beach, which is for my cup of tea, the most iconic U.S. Open venue. To me, it's the closest thing the U.S. Open has to the old course hosting the Open Championship. So I look forward to next year's U.S. Open. On the other side, we'll wrap up the front nine, as Adam Scully would say, hour one of GTC.
0: This segment of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, Canada's leading distributor of electric walking golf trolleys, including Kartek, Moto Caddy, and Stewart Golf Dream Machines. Visit JPSMGolf.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zucchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to GCC as we wrap up Hour 1. On the other side, kick off the back side, we've got winners, weird and what. Adam Stanley will be joining us to talk a little Canadians on the PGA Tour and Canadians Chasing the Web.com Tour. We have a Twitter poll result. In terms of player of the year, evaluating majors. When we're looking at criteria player of the year, we asked uh, the Twitter universe I, you're going to be surprised, Bob, at the results. I'm surprised anyway. Really? Very, very surprised okay. at the results. That'll find interesting. We'll, of course, get you updated on all leaderboards, everything that's happening in the world of golf. Did you see what happened last week? Uh, I, I, any one of us could have used this at a winner's or what. Did you see what happened last week in the Dunhill on the European tour on the Sunday? You
2: have to be more specific.
1: They had a, they had a shotgun.
2: Oh, I didn't know that. They had a really? shotgun
1: start. The weather was so bad. Okay. They were trying to get in. They had a shotgun start on the, <laughs> the European tour.
2: On the old course. Keith
1: Belly. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't know what we'll do. A shotgun start. Let's
2: get it in there.
1: I <laughs> bet, have I have picture a, Keith Belly walking around with a cowboy hat, the gunslinger in the West. I'm trying <laughs> to you know?
2: I think he was probably driving the beverage cart. <laughs> yep. <Yeah, pretty. laughs>
1: You know, uh, we spoke a little off the top about uh, Jennifer Keysmat running for the mayor of Toronto and, and her platform and her uh, idea to shut down uh, three um, m- municipally operated and owned golf courses that you and I have personal t- ties to. Scarlet Woods, Don Valley, D'Antonia Park. I grew up at D'Antonia. That's the first golf course I ever seen to. D'Antonia, D'Antonia Park. D'Antonia Park. Because in the East End, I've always yep. been an East End guy. I grew up right behind a driving range, though. I think there's part two to this story that is very upsetting to me. I understand why. It, it, this is gone the way it has. But I grew up uh, behind the driving range. It was called golf, Etc. Yeah, I remember okay. that. Okay. It was on the northeast corner of Midland and St. Clair. And, you know, that's how I was introduced to the game. They had a mini putt and they had a driving range. So when I was very young, you know, like four years old, whatever, you know, my mom or my dad or my cousin across, used to live across the road. Take me over there and take me mini putting. Well, the mini putting turned into what are these guys doing? Right. What are these older guys doing? You know, when you're that age, you want to do everything the big kids are doing, right? And you see them slamming golf balls, so I started slamming golf balls. And they had a net, you know, a fence at the end, and it was like always the I was always trying to, you know, some kids always want to hit the kid in the drive the cart to pick up the balls. <laughs> right, right. I was always the kid. I was like, one of these days I'm going to hit it over that net. One of these kids are going to hit days are going to hit it over that, net. and it was like 260 yards. The net was like forever. 260 in one corner, 280 in the other corner. It was like never going to get there. And then one day. Like I was 15 or 16 years old at one, so I, I, you know, boom. I, boom, I flew, it was like a, a passage to manhood. You know, <laughs> like it was, it was nuts, right? But it's like, that's, if you ask most people who, were, who did not grow up in a private country club environment. Now, when I was a junior, my dad and I, we ended up joining a golf club. It wasn't until my teenage years, and we, right. I played junior golf, right. so eventually I got into that. But I'm talking about my original introduction to golf. If your family is not brought up in a country club environment, which is a very small percentage, by the way, of the golfers we have, the 6 million golfers we have in Canada, your introduction to golf was mini-putt and driving range. They've all evaporated. You have to drive, uh, with the exception of the docks, which is more of an entertainment facility than a real practice facility for golf. Um, You have to drive 45 minutes if you live in the four one six you to find a driving range they've just been swallowed up by real estate developments, like, especially in the east end i'm- sp- I'm talking There's one more... in
2: the East End somewhere right Isn't
1: there... there used to be they've all they're gone, even the ones up near the border of Markham near Bray Golf Club are all gone okay they're all gone they all shut down uh so you've got to get to Pickering now you've got to go up into Markham now to find a driving range, so you are out of four one six you are out of Scarborough, you are out of West Hill, you are out of East york you are out of like you've no Driving ranges. So now we've taken the introduction of golf to grow the game away from young players and kids and their families. We've totally removed it because the real estate values are too high. We've got to build on them. I get it. And now the next step is we're going to take your golf courses away from you. How are people supposed to play the game, Bob?
2: You know, most of these golf courses, too, are built on floodplains, so you can't build on them. You can't build condos on them. And like you, I, I got my first start. The first job I had was uh, working in the back shop and as a starter at Scarlet Woods Golf Course. I worked there for three summers, uh, made some money, learned to love the game, learned a little bit about the, the business of the game through our, our golf professional, Dave Richardson. And even before I started there, I remember taking a golf lesson from a guy named Attila Bexie, who was a pro. I think he ended up down in Jamaica for a while. I'm not sure where he is now. Um, so I had a golf lesson there. And then there were clinics for people who wanted to learn how to play uh, there were starter starting things for juniors, and I know Dave Richardson, who was the head pro at Scarlet Woods, then went over to Don Valley, had all sorts of great programs for juniors and stuff. And these are kids who, as you say, probably have no opportunity to drive out of the city. Mm-hmm. So you got these beautiful uh, city-run golf courses that are, you know, they're they're not going to host any big tournaments, major championships, or anything. But that's the beauty of them; they're fun. They uh, provide jobs for people like me, for other kids. They provide jobs for people who are working on the golf courses. They provide jobs for people who are working in a snack bar. We had a guy who used to come in and clean the place. He got a job from this thing. And I, I, I think the the idea of of uh, being able to go to a course in a city is just no different than being able to go to a hockey rink or being able to go to a swimming pool or being able to go to uh, play baseball in a field somewhere. But it doesn't get that reputation. It gets still has its reputation as being elitist is that's what came up this week ridiculous but I think what they need to do right now is I think some of the governing bodies because this is not only happening in Toronto the mayor of Vancouver said he should they should close one of their city courses and their three city courses are really good they're really really good they can host big tournaments mm-hmm. Um, but I think what they need to do is to, A, invest in the golf courses, but I think the powers that be need to show these cities that these are worthwhile endeavors, that golf is not an elitist game, that you need, yet with a little bit of money you can make these things, uh, at, at the very worst, uh, not lose any money. You could probably make them profitable. They were profitable for many, many years, these, right. these City of Toronto courses. So there's still, uh, I, think, I think people, if you ask people in the City of Toronto about where they probably started there, where they had their first game, it's probably one of these courses.
1: I guarantee you. I totally agree. Bob, we only have a couple of minutes left here before we wrap up Hour 1. We're going to have Adam Stanley join us in Hour 2, and I'm going to pose this question to Adam as well because I'm curious. We're, Adam's going to come on. We're going to talk uh, the Canadian golf story as we look forward into uh, 2019. But we've got the Tiger versus Phil match coming yeah. uh, in November on American Thanksgiving weekend. And I was curious because I've been asking myself this question, and, you know, I don't even know what the answer... I can't even really give you an answer. I, I, I probably have to think about this more. I'm curious of your answer. You know, if we weren't doing what we do for a living, uh, if you and I were doing something completely different, if you, you know, if you were building condos and I was, you know, selling insurance, uh, you and I would both, every April, can't wait for that Masters to come on. Right. We'd watch it. We'd love it. I'm sure we'd watch all the majors. We'd watch still a lot of golf. Would you buy, as just a fan... Would you be buying? I know we're almost—we almost have to buy sure. the Tiger Phil match on pay-per-view because we're going to be asked about it, and we're yeah. going to have to comment on it, and we're going to have to have, uh, you know, opinion on what we saw. But if that wasn't the case, would you have enough interest to actually buy this? And I haven't even heard what the price is yet, and, and, and at what point? Like at ten bucks, I guess we're all buying it.
2: But, I heard a rumor at twenty-four ninety-nine US. Okay, um, that's going to be fifty
1: bucks in Canada by yeah. the time we.
2: Um. You know, I, I, I don't think so right now. It doesn't really appeal. It sort of feels like the old Skins game, which was great when it was first came out and it mm-hmm. was it was Jack Nicholas and Lee Trevino yep. and Arnie and Tom Watson. And, and then it kind of, you know, kind of turned we, into what it Yeah, is. it just kind of fell apart a little bit. Uh, and I don't know. I'm not really excited to, to think about these two guys, especially when there's no crowd there. It just seems like it's going to be kind of... <laughs> Anticlimactic. Well, I gotta feel reason. that you know it's weird. Phil's
1: playing right now. <laughs> yeah, like I don't know. It's kind of weird, and and I'm I'm curious to see what Adam says. But I, I'm kind of leaning that way too. I know I'm gonna be forced to watch. This. Yeah, I'll watch I it. know. I'll watch. But it. I at the end of the day, I, I you know I'm kind of be watching going eh, eh. What else is on? Right? We should put that
2: up as a Twitter poll, too.
1: We will. Let's do that for okay. next week. All right. On the other side, Adam Stanley, winner's weird to what? Uh, thank you so much for listening to Golf Talk Canada. You can catch Hour 2. If we're not in a market where you get Hour 2, you should probably be asking for it. You get it on the iHeart Radio app, the tsn1050.ca, tsn.ca. Hour 2 coming up next. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet. Thank you for listening.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories, including DigiFit Floor Liner, the most advanced concept in floor protection today. Visit weathertech.ca. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter at GolfTalkCanada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca. We'll be right back with more GTC. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks.
1: And welcome back to GTC's Aquino Weeks Hour 2. The Back 9 Golf Talk Canada. Adam Stanley coming up. Our Twitter poll results on how do majors influence Player of the Year standings. Of course, we'll update you on all golf going on in the world, including the CIMB Classic, which is the stop at TPC Kuala Lumpur this week on the PGA Tours. They're in their Asian swing to kick off the new season. But now it's time for 3-Dub. Winner's weird and what? And Bob, the tea is yours, sir.
2: So, so what do I do, just aim for the pond?
1: No, you're not supposed to hit it into the water.
2: But you hit it into the water.
1: I know I hit it into the water. Well, why do they even have water if you're not supposed to hit it there?
2: Because it's fun! We're having fun!
1: Look, it went further than your ball!
2: All right, well, the, uh, the joy of the Europeans from the Ryder Cup just continues. They <laughs> seem, to, seem, to, uh, seem to keep telling great stories about how they got this thing won. And now, Francesco Molinari and Mark Zucchino, have an uh, they they've got something in common. Yes. Francesco Molinari revealed that despite his going 5 and 0 or in, he went 5 and 0 in his matches and he did it with a bad back. He said he was so bad that he actually got through the uh, week with uh, anti-inflammatories. Uh, lots of massages, lots of work on his back. But on the last day, he was so sorry he couldn't bend over to tie up his shoes. And he had to get someone else in the locker room to tie up his shoes. But I, still, to me, this is amazing. Like, this really didn't come out until later this week. So he could have brought that out. He could have talked about that before. Yeah. But he's a big winner. So I, I, I picking him as my winner, just because how can you go 5-0 and have a bad back? Well, you, you, you would know about it. You, you should explain. Oh, I Tell will me.
1: explain this to you, Bob. As a country <laughs> of very tall people, as we are. Uh, you tall people are are subject to, to bad backs. It's okay, so a thing. So he's dealing with it. I'm dealing with <laughs> the Italian community. We deal with this at large. Uh, we're just long, tall, lanky people.
2: I just thought it was something maybe from pulling the corks out of bottles or something. I don't well, it could be maybe. that too. Yeah, <laughs> that, could be, that could be. All right, and uh, my weird this week. You know I love my weirds on you radio. You love your
1: weird. It's got anything weird to do with nudity or sex on a golf course this year. No, Not yet. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. You know why? We're past that part of the year. It's too cold. That's right. Yeah, we're past That's that right. part.
2: That's right. No, this one takes us to Butler County in Ohio. Mm. Uh, so state police in Butler said that a man pulled a gun on another man over an argument over a golf ball. Here's what happened. Incident took place at the Bonnie Brook Clubhouse and Golf Course in Summit Township. 42-year-old man from Butler was playing the golf course when he hit a golf ball in the direction of another man's residence. So it actually went on to this guy's backyard, apparently. The two people got into a fight because this guy went to get the ball, and the guy said, no, you can't come onto my property. It got into such a fight that Gerald Wayne Miller, 55, pulled out a pistol and threatened the golfer to get off his property because of a golf ball. <laughs> there was no identity of the actual golf ball, but uh, as of Sunday, this guy was going to be cited for terrorist threats, simple assault, and harassment on oh the golf Lord. course. Things, I think things are going a little bit too seriously when you can't walk onto a guy, guy's lawn pick your golf ball up. Maybe it happens too frequently for the guy. The guy. And I think it's also too serious when the guy's pulling a gun on you. I would actually just take golf ball and maybe walk
1: inside. Another <laughs> note on on the Italian community, Bob. I don't know if this is this gentleman Italian? Did they give his name here? <laughs> no, think? they didn't because actually say I here, would goodness. have never walked on my grandfather's lawn. <laughs> you
2: no. Know, that is penalty
1: true. of death if you walk on an Italian's lawn, that's right? Yes, yeah, so That's true. You got to walk by the naked sculptures. and yeah. pick up your balls.
2: Okay, so. uh, my what is actually could be a weird two, but my what is takes us down to uh, Alpharetta, Georgia, where the which is Atlanta, mm-hmm. where there's a Top Golf, and you've have you been? Yeah, to top yeah I've golf? been okay. not been the to
1: Atlanta golf? one, but I've been to the Vegas one. Yep, and I've been to the Orlando one.
2: Okay, so you know what it's all about, and I hope people know what it's all about. But it's a big driving range, and they've got these big. Um, I don't know what you call them. They lit
1: up targets. Targets, and, perfect. Yeah, yeah. lit it's up like a, It's throughout. a target game. Yes, yeah.
2: exactly. It's like a driving range. And they got of the game. food
1: and booze and a party. Atmosphere. Music and yeah. everything,
2: right? So at the uh, Atlanta Atlanta location, a, uh, one of the employees arrived at seven o'clock. He walked out to check things to see what was going on. He looked out and he saw a guy driving a car around the range.
1: <laughs> just looking for parking, I guess. He, just, he was
2: just zipping around all over the place. He called the cops, and uh, eventually the uh, man was uh, stopped only because he drove the car right to the edge of one of the targets. He, his front. If he, there's actually a picture of it on the, on the website. the he got caught in one of the targets? Yeah, so he got his... It was a stolen car. He was zipping around... Strange, I don't know if there was alcohol involved, but I'm going to put I'm going to guess that there's be.
1: probably alcohol in it. The stolen. guy is drunk. But there he goes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the two wheels are over one of the targets, which is a 6 foot drop. But it got stuck there, thank goodness. Or so this guy would have got right Big over the edge. There, you know. <laughs> anyway, it says the report states that the uh, car was stolen from nearby Cobb County and that the suspect gained access to the range through an entrance used by a maintenance crew. Uh,
1: you now, we should mention this, too. Uh, now, I haven't heard any news on this in quite some time, but a year ago it was announced that Topgolf was coming to Canada with yes. a relationship with Citiplex Odium.
2: That's right. I actually interviewed the guy who was the, I don't know if he was the president or the CEO of, uh, uh, down at the Orlando PGA Show, but I have not heard anything for that. Maybe what we'll do for next week, we'll update
1: that. we like to follow, i yeah. like to follow, like, is sure. it Toronto, is it Vancouver? I don't even know where they're coming, I just heard Canada.
2: I think it could be... Uh, Scarborough. Cabot. It
1: was Cabin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Cabot, okay. Oh, it's the new range. <laughs> it's the new range. All right, Bob, the T is mine.
0: I'll answer the question. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You to. want answers?
1: I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Well, Bob, you know how everyone has, it seems to, I don't say everyone, but the majority of people have a, a relationship to golf originally introduced to them by their mother, their father, their grandfather, etc. I know you and your dad still play together sure. and have that golf tie and that relationship. My dad and I play together, travel and play together. Uh, it's a real bonding thing. And my winner this week is Laura Tennant because she is the daughter of of George Mack Sr. Now, she won a USGA event this week with her father on her back. Now, this is not unheard of. This happens quite a lot. You see this at junior events. Remember Matt Kuchar walking the fairways of Augusta National with his father on his back. His annoying father. (laughs) First time he ever played Augusta National. Yes, very annoying. But the reason this is my winner this week is Laura is actually 51 years old. And it was the U.S. senior woman's amateur, and her dad, George Mack Sr., was 78. And George, who was exactly. 78, had a, a really great amateur career, played on a lot of USGA events, and all his children, all he had five kids, and at one point in his playing career, one, every one of his kids took a turn on George's bag. Lupin, And now he had the opportunity to extend that favor to his daughter, Laura, in a winning moment. Isn't that great? I think that's just fantastic.
2: And we should point out, just quickly, because the, uh, that U.S. Senior Women's Amateur was, again, littered with Canadians. I think the furthest was Terrell Samuel. Now, she played in the final last year, and her mother, who was in her 70s, was on the bag for her. And I don't know if she was there this year or not, but she was there last year. But Terrell got to the semi- semifinals. Awesome. In the quarterfinals, she beat Judith Corrinus from Thornhill, two Canadians going head-to-head. Helen Chartrand, also from Quebec, also made it through. So there was quite a, a, a great, great performance by the Canadian amateurs out there, I, once again.
1: That's awesome. Congratulations to everyone who participated, and what, and what a wonderful story. My weird this week, and I, I don't mean to uh, you know poke fun at this by any means, but I just want to highlight how big Bizarre! This is because, you know, nothing is funny or cute about what's happening in Venezuela as a country and and, and what those people in that country are going through. It's horrific. But from a golf standpoint and just to see how how weird or bizarre it can touch the world in different ways. Jonathan Vegas, Johnny Vegas, multiple Canadian Open winner back to back. uh, Right. Uh, Because of visa issues. And because of issues you know, dealing with visas through the current state of, uh, of the Union in Venezuela, earlier this summer, Bob, you'll remember that he almost missed his tee time at the Open Championship. Uh, and in fact, he made his Open Championship tee time by 15 minutes, and he showed up. He had to borrow clubs because his clubs never made it. Do you recall I that? saw
2: him there. I saw him walking to the into the golf course when he got there with his tee time, literally, like you said, 15 minutes ahead of time. And he showed up. Hit three drivers on the practice range and went to the tee. Right.
1: So on a follow-up to this, here we are again, like how many months later, still dealing with this, Johnny Vegas had to withdraw from the CIMB Classic this week uh, due to more visa issues having to deal and, and deal this with through his government wings, his government agencies. Couldn't get it in time. Unfortunately, my country is having some horrible issues and renewing your passport right now is not a slam dunk. Thank you to everyone at the CIMB Classic for trying to make this happens so poor Johnny, poor Johnny V right now. I guess unless it's American or U.S. soil right now, it doesn't look like he's going to play golf on the on the, on the uh,
2: PGA or Canadian. Show. I uh, I yeah. actually uh, I actually talked to him a little bit about this at the PGA Championship this year and about what was going on in that country and it's just absolutely horrific and he's been quite outspoken about uh, about what's happening to the people there.
1: It's horrible Good and to, and to think of where that country was yeah five years ago and like thriving economy and this and that and uh, wow. Does the bottom fall out out early on on some of this stuff? All right. On a a better note, my what is a positive story. It's also a bit of a a head-scratcher to put things in perspective. But it's also a what, like, to all the haters and all the curmudgeons that get upset when we talk about what an incredible comeback This Tiger Woods comeback has been and and how they want to put a negative spin on things because that's it's their angle on how they sell articles or this or get hits on social media because they just want to be a holes and negative all the time. Okay. (laughs) So, to all of you, and you know who you are, okay, let me who took shots at yours truly for saying what a wonderful comeback this was and it might be the greatest comeback in sports history and da 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 da. Tiger Woods, his comeback started. At the Hero World Challenge last December, Bob. That's not even a year ago. At that time, Tiger Woods was 650th in the world. Okay. He has played 22 events since the start of this comeback. Now, the 40, uh, World Golf Rankings are a 40 event floating scale, right? right?
2: One comes on, one goes off.
1: Right. But he only has 22 events counting in this current. Comeback. Any other event counting? You got to go back well before yeah, this guy, but right. when he was withdrawing from events and missing cuts, so in his current comeback, he has 22 events that have moved him from 650th in the world. He's now a winner on the PGA Tour again, and he is 13th in the official world golf ranking. So he has moved from 65th to 13th, Bob. Okay. If this trend continues, now of course that's an if. But if this trend continues and we forecast out to 40 events, he could be threatening in the mix for number one in the world. Think wow. about this. Think about this. From a guy who couldn't even participate on the PG Tour, couldn't get out of bed, DUIs, like I don't have to go through everything again. He is projecting to compete to be the number one player in the world again. And if you don't think that is head scratching and you don't think that's insane, I'll give you another one here. If he projects down this road for 2020 in Tokyo, he is projected to participate and represent America in the Olympics at age 45. <laughs>
2: Can you imagine Tiger Woods walking into the opening ceremonies?
1: How bad. Wow. How bad, Bob? A year ago, would you have laughed at me if I had said Tiger Woods will represent America in Tokyo yeah. at the Olympics. I would have laughed. Okay, it's very a, loudly. It, I'm not saying this is a slam dunk, Peter. No, no, but the I'm posi- this is a feasible it's a projection scenario. If he stays healthy, which it looks like those things are pretty solid, it is feasibly possible Tiger Woods. Can wear the red, white, and blue in the Olympics.
2: Oh, boy. Do you think the IOC is just rubbing their hands open for that? Oh, my
0: Lord. (laughs) That'd be great.
1: On the other side, we'll welcome in Adam Stanley to talk about the Canadians on the PGA Tour in 2019. This is GTC.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach. No destination in the world can match Myrtle Beach's volume of golf, quality, and value. Come discover why Myrtle Beach is the golf capital of the world. To plan your next golf holiday, visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of Golf Talk Canada is brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit CedarBrayGolfClub.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sakino and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to GTC as we continue Hour 2 here of Golf Talk Canada. Aquino Weeks in studio. Joining us now, a friend of Golf Talk Canada, one of our great writers in the country. Writes for many news outlets, including pgatour.com, covering the web.com tour. And you can follow him on Twitter, at Adam underscore Stanley. Joining us now, Mr. Adam Stanley. Adam, I haven't spoke to you in ages, man. I think it might be since the Canadian Open. I know, that's uh, it's truly upsetting, Mark. I know, you know, it's just the season, it goes too quick, it runs downhill, <laughs> and I don't know where the year goes. Okay, Adam, I'm going to throw a hard one at you right out of the gates because I'm having a hard time with this one myself, so I'm not necessarily suggesting that you have a firm answer on this one. But, okay, <laughs> okay. we've got eight eight full-timers on the PGA Tour this year, or eight eight cards, I should suggest, on the PGA Tour this year.
2: Eight plus, plus one injured guy.
1: Eight plus one injured. Um Considering the year that Canada had as a country on the PGA Tour in 2017 and 2016 and 2015, 2018 has been, uh, in my opinion, a disappointment. At what point do we stop thinking of the 8-9 cards as cup half full versus cup half empty At the point, like, when someone has to win. Like, I'm right now starting to wonder myself, like, I love seeing all those Canadian flags get a start on the PGA Tour. But does it mean as much as it did three years ago because we're not getting the wins? Like, do we need to start validating this with victories?
3: Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, as Canadian golf fans, you love to see this quantity of guys. And you're right. It's eight, technically nine. Technically ten, if you count Mike Weir as a past champ and and past major champ with with some status on the PGA tour. But if you look at the official World Golf Rankings, there's only one Canadian in the top 200 in the world, and that's Adam Hadwin, and he's at number 60. Everyone else is outside that top 200. So uh, and that includes Nick Taylor, who's one on the tour, um, and Mackenzie Hughes, obviously, who's one on the tour. Pardon me, and and struggled a little bit last year. But, um, you know, I think with this quantity of guys, you got to assume that another win is coming sooner rather than later, especially because most of these guys are now in years two or three on the tour. You look at Corey Connors, who's just got such a solid game from top to bottom. There was a lot of learning, a lot of adjustment last year. There was a lot of places and golf courses he's never played before which he's going to be visiting for a, a second time this year. And, you know, as, as Bob has, you know, talked to Corey and visited Kent State. Corey's one of the smartest guys on the tour period with his actuary and mathematics degree. So I don't think it's going to take him all that long to learn more about these golf courses. So year two, year three for a lot of these guys, I think a win is going to be coming
2: soon. All right, we're going to put you on the spot. <laughs> Again. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm going to ask Mark the same thing. We'll go around the table here, but right. we'll start with you, Adam. Who is going to be that Canadian who gets that next win? Which one do you think is the best chance right now if you were going to lay odds on him?
3: I think Mackenzie Hughes is going to notch win number two first. And and the reason I say that is because last year was a bit of an anomaly. He obviously uh, became a parent for the first time. Uh, But I I think that he's already shown that he's committed to getting off to a hot start this year. Uh, He won in the fall when he did win a couple uh, years ago. Uh, and I think he's just feeling better with life off the golf course, clearly on the golf course. He's uh, gone back to things that were working well. So I think Mackenzie Hughes is the guy that's going to be winning uh, win number two before anyone else.
1: Well, okay, you know, I don't disagree with Adam there at all. In the sense that Mackenzie Hughes, in my opinion, might be the the first, the next Canadian to add the next victory, who's already won. Right. But if you're asking me who the next Canadian is to win, and I don't disagree with Adam's logic either, I love guys who' seen the golf courses again for the second time, like Corey Connors, getting used to travel on the big tour. All that stuff means stuff that that carries weight. It makes a lot of logic. I'm going to go a little against logic. I'm going to say Adam Svenson, and the reason I'm going to say Adam Svenson is that to me when you when you talk to adam when you talk to people that know adam when you just see the way he plays the game it's all about making birdies, and, and it just doesn't seem like a big deal to him. Nothing's like a big deal. We're going to play golf. I'm going to hit it. I'm going to find it. I'm going to hit it hard, and I'm going to make lots of birdies. And that kind of attitude is of this is just a game kind of attitude, in a way similar to what a Dustin Johnson or a Brooks Kepka almost has, that kind of, you know, hey, it's a game, and I'm, I'm going to go make birdies, I think that's going to serve him well on the big stage because I think a lot of times when people graduate to the big tour uh, – I don't know, they're a little bit awestruck, for lack of a better term, out of the gates. I don't see that happening with Adam at all, Bob.
2: Well, you look at the the two wins by Mackenzie Hughes and by Nick Taylor, and they both kind of came earlier in their PGA Tour careers, right? Hey. They, they In the fall yeah. fall section. So there is something to be said for that. I think, I think I'm think i going to stick with the obvious choice, and that'll be Adam Hadwin. I think he's been working a little bit harder on on his putting. I think he needed a break, which he got. Uh, I think there's a lot of things lining up for him. And, of course, he's got more starts to, uh, that he's going to make a little ahead of these guys. So he might get it done as early as next week. He's the only Canadian playing in Korea in the CJ Cup. Um, but, but still, I I think, uh, I think big things. I think it's going to be a big year for Adam Hadman. I don't know why, but I just feel that way.
1: I hope you're right. Uh, we're with Adam Stanley. You can follow Adam uh, on Twitter at Adam, Stan, at Adam underscore Stanley. Adam, uh, you're all over the web.com tour most of the year. We have 10 Canadians now moving through to the second stage of Q-School on the web.com tour, that seems just an, like a huge number to me. I don't recall a number that big, maybe ever going. And I know it's been a, uh, you know, a while since we've been tracking. It's only recently that we've been tracking web.com tour Q-Schools because it used to be the old the Canadian, uh, I mean, uh, a big Q-School yeah. down at PGA West, mm-hmm. in which they moved around. But uh, this seems like a really deep number, and, you know, I guess looking at this, who do you think are the favorites to keep, to keep this graduation process going out of the 10 guys that we have moving forward to second stage?
3: Yeah, it's it's definitely a big number and and it's a number that's going to be joining up with another 10 or so who uh, have already made it to second stage via various qualifying. So, uh, you know, Good week for Hugo Bernard, Golf Canada alum. He just turned professional last week, made his debut at Q School. He's moving on, so I like Hugo's game. Uh, to your point about uh, Adam Spencer not really being awestruck by the big stage, I don't think Hugo is going to be awestruck either. He's you know he's six foot three, he's a big guy, he hits it a long way, he's got a good hands. Lefty, he's a lefty. lefty. <laughs> <There we> go. <laughs> so I think that he's you know he's got a lot uh, going for him. You go up and down that list. Uh, Taylor Pendrith obviously a, a name that a lot of people know. He shot. 60 in his qualifying site wow. at, uh, in round 2 last week 10 under par so Clearly, he's battled injuries, and he's gotten his game back to a point where he's going to be low-scoring. Again, uh, Jamie Sudlowski, he's moved on. Sean Harlington, Ryan Williams, guys who have been really stalwarts on other than the McKenzie Tour or Web.com Tour are climbing that ladder. But I think the name that you just can't ignore uh, is Jared Dutois. Uh, obviously, a lot of people know him from making a, a top 10 as an amateur at the Canadian Open a couple of years ago was player of the year on the McKenzie Tour uh, in 2017. Had an okay year this year, uh, but I think that he's just a guy who's got all the tools. He's kind of cut from the same clock as McKenzie Hughes and Adam Hadwin, so I would not be surprised uh, if Jared uh, climbs his ladder, makes it to final stage, uh, and we see him on the web.com tour next year.
2: It's uh, it's a big a big uh, step up for these guys to kind of get through these these levels, I know, and it's hard to try and make it through because, as we know, with the stories about Q schools are just endless, and, and uh, they go on and on and on, but I guess these guys are, for a number of the guys that you've mentioned, with the exception of a guy like Hugo, but Jared and Taylor, they've been there before, they've been through this scenario, mm-hmm. and I think learning how to play the Q School and understanding what the Q School is, is, is tough, isn't it?
3: Yeah, 100%, and you look at, you know, some of the other guys who I mentioned, Sean, Ryan, uh, those guys are in their kind of mid-30s, even Tudlowski, he's 30-31, so kind of been there, done that, I think the, uh, you know, the Q School experience, uh, like you said it is, is an important one you go up and down some of those leaderboards uh, and you see guys who shoot you know one over two over par in the final round and they miss qualifying by a shot or two shots. And and the line uh, between having a job next year and and going back to playing mini-tours or something like that is so fine. And for guys who haven't been there before, uh, I think it's a little shocking. So no surprise that some of these names are are veterans, guys who've been there before, guys who are comfortable in knowing, hey, this is just another tournament week for me. Let's go out and shoot as low as possible. So uh, no real surprise to see some of these names moving on. And, And I think, again, you know, like, uh, like we've on the PGA tour, there's a lot of names up there, and I think there's going to be a lot of names moving through to the web tour next year as well.
1: Uh, Adam, uh, real quickly, we only have about 30 seconds left. Uh, yes, no, because I just need to know your opinion. If you didn't do what you did for a living and you weren't covering golf for a living and just a fan of the game, would you be watching Tiger versus Phil, American Thanksgiving? Yes, no.
3: Yes, I would. Two uh, two big athletes on a big stage, I think I'd still be doing
1: it. Adam, always a pleasure. Let's connect again before the season's out, okay? Sounds
3: good to me. Thanks so much, guys. Adam
1: Stanley, thank you so much. Always a friend of the show. Always good to talk to Adam. On the other side, we'll take a look at our Twitter results. How do majors affect player of the year voting? And how do you, the Twitter universe, the, our listenership, feel about it? This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC, presented by Acura, was brought to you by Cedar Bray Golf Club. Don't wait to play one of Canada's top 100 golf courses. Pay $500 towards your 2019 membership and play the rest of 2018 for free. Visit cedarbraygolfclub.com today. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Acura. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and New Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Saquito and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. Uh, this week, Bob. Player of the year was handed out, and I think no surprise whatsoever. I think everybody was in agreement that Brooks Kepka, winning two majors in one season, actually his third major of his last six major starts, very impressive player of the year. He beat out Francesco Molinari, Bryson DeShambo, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson, and Justin Rose, who were all candidates. Uh, four-player of the year, uh, some of which had three win seasons.
2: Did you see the very awkward presentation thing they did with Dustin and Brooke?
1: Yes, that was funny. It was just so bad. It was <laughs> yeah. just, like, uncomfortable. Right? Exactly. Um, but I just felt like we should ask our listenership, and we just I just went to Twitter last minute and, and said, you know what, because we've had this conversation before, mm-hmm. what, what does a major equal, what does it mean in terms of wins? So the question was worded this way. A major win equals how many non-major wins when evaluating player of the year. Your choices were this. Same. A win's a win. In other words, a major's is equal as a Traveler's Championship. It's a win. It's a win. Don't need to elaborate. A win and a half. So an extra .5, so to speak. So, you know, uh, to use that math against Brooke Kepka, you figure his two wins equal three PGA Tour wins which would yep. equal a few of those guys that were nominated. Double, so his two major wins equal four, sure. a four-win season of non-majors. And finally, more than two. So more than four and a half, let's call it five, six, seven-win season on the PGA Tour. Our Twitter universe voted 40% suggest... That the two wins, the two major wins, equal more than two. So four and a half wins or more. So call it five or six win season. Most of our Twitter universe is suggesting that's what a two win major uh, season does. That's 40%. Double was 39%. Same was 12. Last place a win and a half at 9%. So that kind of doesn't make sense to me. But really clear cut what we're getting here from our Twitter universe and the golf fan. What we're getting here is that hands down almost 80% of everyone that is listening right now believes that two majors are at least worth four wins, and most of them think it's worth more than four wins. That's a pretty outstanding number.
2: It is, and I think it makes sense when you when you think about... I mean, it's hard to put into perspective. There are different kinds of tournaments. So if you said two regular tournaments, so let's say it's the uh, uh, the RBC Canadian Open and the Travelers Championship... Mm-hmm. What if the guy wins a World Golf Championship event and the Players Championship? Right. You know, Those so they're worth more. It's hard to kind of quantify what each tournament means because they all mean something different. But you have to think. It, with those, only those four majors, the, the players think they're the biggest. They work the hardest for those. Those are the ones you want in your resume. I don't know. I don't think you can underestimate a, uh, a major championship.
1: Do you agree with the twin? Are you, yeah, are, you du- are you double or are you more than double? More than are double, you, So think. you're four and a half or more. Yeah. I think I might be with you. Yeah. It's scary because I didn't think I was there. I think I was firm on double, but now that I really think about it, I think the four and a half number is probably the right number.
2: It's it's pretty close, as, as I say. But if the guy, let's say the guy won three World Golf Championship events and the players,
1: well, that now again, <laughs> that's right. So it does. It really creates a tiered system, I guess. At the end of the day, and a wonderful discussion that that we live in a world of on in professional golf on the PGA Tour where we have probably four or five tiers of the same tour. Yeah, you know, and we may be right now in the. The, the bottom fifth tier of the year. Uh, and I'm not, I mean that with no disrespect. No, there. no, but you're right. It's still the number one tour in the world, and sure. a win is a win. And I, I I truly mean that with all due respect. But, you know, uh, whether whether you like it or not or whether you want to admit it or, or not, there's probably five tiers here that start with the majors, then go to the players, then go to WGC and playoff events, then go to regular PGA Tour events that have clout like the Memorial, the sure. Arnold Palmer, et cetera, and then the rest. Yeah.
2: You know? Yeah, it is. It's, uh, it is is interesting, though, to to hear that Brooks Kepka didn't even vote. <laughs> he clock. said he was You're too lazy. Vote. I thought that was the best part. Unbelievable. <laughs> he didn't even want to vote. He just said, well, I was too lazy. He didn't bother. Uh, I wonder how many people do vote, actually.
1: I'm curious about that, too. And, you know, I'm wondering, too, you know, do, do – uh, this is a tough one, too. It, have the playoffs grown enough – in the last 10 years for you, to where you put them at the same level as the World Golf Championship, are they above the World Golf Championship? I won't put them at the players. They're I'll, not the players.
2: No, I, I think in my ranking it would go majors, players, WGCs, playoffs. I, would too. I think the playoffs are above Memorial, right. above those. just because right. the field starts to shrink right. and there's a little bit more but on the line. But not
1: quite at the World Golf Championship yeah. level.
2: I mean, I mean, but, I mean, if, you're a, if you win a Tour Championship, that's more than winning the Memorial for me.
1: Totally. Totally, or any of those playoff events, for that matter.
2: Yeah, I think for exactly. Sure.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to see this uh, move forward. You know, what's interesting, Bob, is uh, if we just tra- if we just uh, go back a year ago in time, we were dealing with this issue until Justin Thomas saved the argument because Justin yeah. Thomas was trending to-, to potentially be Player of the Year, but the the wins he had under his belt, the four wins he had, uh, were not. You know, they weren't uh, those star-studded fields that we're talking about. But then, you know, when he won the – I guess this is two years ago now. Right. He won the PGA Championship. Was it two years ago? What was it? When he won win the pick? God, it's a blur. But they year it. it's either last year or the year before when he won the PGA Championship and then walked away with the FedEx Cup. He put the, the, the seal, the nail in the coffin, so to speak. But it wasn't until the last 30 days of the year until we knew he was player of the year. Right. Because the quality of events he won in the first half were just not there.
2: Right. Exactly right.
1: Exactly On the other right. side, we will get you caught up with all that's happening in the world of golf. We have PGA Tour in action. We have Champions Tour in action. And the LPGA Tour in action. This is Golf Talk Canada.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by Adidas Golf and New Tour 360. Visit adidasgolf.ca. Adidas, geared for more. This segment of Golf Talk Canada presented by Acura is brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay, and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino and Bob Weeks.
1: Welcome back to Golf Talk Canada. It's the weeks as we wind down today's show. Don't forget, Golf Talk Canada television is gone for the season, but we are back around Christmas, New Year's, for our year-in-review one-hour GTC TV special. And Golf Talk Canada radio goes nowhere. In fact, we have brand-new episodes right up to December the 15th, which is our annual festivist special, uh, which will conclude the new shows of 2018, and we will look forward to 20. 2019, which is season nine? Feeds (laughs) of Season nine of Golf Talk Canada Radio kicking off in February. All right, let's get you caught up with some leaderboards in the world of golf because there is lots going on in the world. Bob, uh, let's start off with you, the LPGA Tour.
2: All right, well, the LPGA Tour is at the LPGA KEB Hana Bank Championship in Incheon, Korea. And leading the way, Charlie Hull and Danielle Kang, both at 12 under par. Ari Jatanagarn is 11. Uh, there are two players at 10, three players at 10, excuse me. Uh, two players at 9, one player at 8. And then uh, tied for 10th right now, Brooke Henderson, who went 73-73 to open and finished up yesterday with a... Deller, 65. In fact, her front nine, she birdied uh, five of her first seven holes. Wow. And uh, kept it going on the backside. So she's getting a little bit more comfortable. Maybe she's adjusting to the time zones and everything. Uh, but she's certainly in the mix there.
1: Uh, PGA Tour is in Asia for the next three weeks. The CIMB Classic at TPC Kuala Lumpur. <laughs> Will Howard Cosell for you. Oh,
2: okay. Gotcha.
1: Gary Woodland uh, tied for the lead with Mark Leishman and back from the dead, Shubankar Sharma. Hey, there it's he is. It's at the start of 2018. We are saying that name every week in the yeah. world of golf. They're tied at 19 under par. Of course, this is through three rounds of golf already because they are in Malaysia. Round four, I believe, gets going like 11 p.m. tonight or something like that. 30, something like yeah, that. Yeah, on the Golf yeah. Channel. Louis Yu stays in two off the pace at 17 under with Bronson Bargoon, 17 under. Austin Justin Cook at 16-under. Uh, that rounds out your top six. The
2: Champions Tour is playing the SAS Championship, and there's a three-way tie atop the leaderboard. I'll give you the first two names, Mark. You have to guess who the third name All is. Right. First name is Gene Sowers, former okay. Air Canada Championship ah, winner. Yes, yes, yes. Tom Lehman, former Open Championship champion. And if I was to say... Name a senior champ or a Champions Tour player who might be tied for the lead after one round after shooting sixty two. Who would you guess?
1: For the last ten years, the guess would be the same. Bernard Longer <laughs> is.
2: They have a three. They have a four shot lead uh, on the rest of the field. Olin Brown and Jerry Kelly are at six under. Uh, top Canadian and only Canadian in the field is Stephen Ames, who is at one under par and tied for twenty
1: eighth. Uh, before we wrap up today's show, did you see the uh, interview with Jim Furyk where he kind of? Quasi confirmed that there was an altercation between Kepka and DJ, although he downplayed it. Yeah. And then since then, DJ and Kepka have denied it again. Right. So now they're denying something that their their captain is <laughs> suggesting happened, and apparently both ladies <clears throat> were involved. We're finding out now too. This is a very big soap opera.
2: I don't know what's going on. It might just be you know how when uh, maybe it's like their brothers, you know, and you wrestle well, with maybe. your brothers That's what or something. I was or maybe something's going on. Maybe they made some comments here and there. I don't know. It just it doesn't seem like it's going to be a big deal. But um, it's certainly a weird story.
1: Now, uh, you do not have a bad back. You are a tremendous athlete. You are a runner. Uh, Marathon uh, runner with some wonderful times. Last week we were talking about your times. (laughs) I was just blown away that you could physically get around these places this quick, Bob. I'm looking at the forecast. 10 degrees today. 16 tomorrow. We know, uh, though, that they're lying to us. We'll never actually see see 16. So that 16 will probably be around 12 most of the day. Probably. Will you take out the golf clubs this weekend, Bob? Um,
2: Or this week?
1: Are you ending the Canadian golf season?
2: I'm not ending it yet, but... I think I will be sort of one of those guys who will say, look at, the, look at it and just go. Like, bang. I'm not going to make any plans. I'm not going to say, I'm going to play Tuesday. Right. I'm just going to wake if, up if, and if, say, if maybe the, it's if, gonna
1: if the clouds disappear and it feels okay. Because you know what? To me, around this time of year, a lot of it is about wind. Yes. Like, if you get the 12 uh, degrees and sunny and there's no wind, it's Perfect. a lovely day to play golf. You can golf. dress properly yes. for that. Yes. When the wind starts clicking like it was yesterday at 30 kilometers an hour and it's just gusting and the, and the cloud cover comes in. You know that eleven degrees is five like that, right? It's just yeah. not a fun place to be.
2: But Sunday, sixteen degrees, maybe we'll see. And then the rest of it, thirteen, eleven. When it gets down to like eleven or lower, I think that's when I kind of pull the shoot. Uh,
1: yeah, that'd be. Sick. Now, uh, any so the rest of the day, any special plans? Because I've got a there's an appointment television tonight. Oh, uh, you have. Like, I'm not the a rest, big Saturday. Wrestling? No, I'm not a big Saturday Night Live fan. Like I don't typically <laughs> watch it. Usually, I can't stay up that late anyway. <laughs> But uh, after Kanye made his visit to the White House this week, I have to stay up. I see for, what they're going to do. Like, how do you not watch that oh, tonight? Man. It's just going to be so over the top.
2: I got a little running to do today, and a longer running to due tomorrow, and uh, then it's probably going to be on the couch, and maybe I'll sort of watch the Leafs, and then that'll dovetail right into the Cimb Classic.
1: No, yeah, well, that's true too. Now I should say this: when I said I am pulling the plug on Canadian golf season, I should have, I should have. Uh, articulated that better. I'm pulling the plug on the outdoor Canadian golf ah. season. I have already connected with Ian Fraser at uh Tour Experience Golf, yes TXG, and I said, "Jesse, you know what? I am probably not going to play golf again the rest of the year in this country, but hopefully my back in a week, I'm hoping a week kind of feels good. And if that's the case, then I think uh, to stay loose and to stay warm, told Ian, you'll be seeing me you know, in the last couple of weeks of October here to hit some golf balls and get on the get on the gear and let him take a look at what's perfect. going on here. and uh, Why not take advantage this of that the, stuff? This is we... the
2: perfect time to do it. The
1: Weston have the simulators? Do you guys they do, do. simulators?
2: They've got a simulator. they got a little indoor golf school. And Has and, uh, is it, is it been a popular thing? It's been an overwhelming success. And, of course, uh, one of our head teachers there, Mark Linton, who's an excellent golf know I know of coach. No
1: Mark almost my entire does, life, uh, which uh, is yeah. insane.
2: Exactly. He does some great teaching in the winter there. I've made use of that uh, academy a number of times.
1: Over I, over I know this. Justin O'Leary at Cedarbrae runs a great indoor academy up mm-hmm. at Cedarbrae, and they've, they've got simulators, and they've got... We saw uh, some cool there. ones at
2: Bayview when we were there I was going to say, Bayview,
1: ago. Dustin Curtailer, I know uh, Adams says they're constantly full of those, yeah. those simulators. And the Toronto Hunt, my, my club, the Toronto Hunt, is uh, tearing down their pro shop this fall. And building a brand-new pro shop uh, that will open next May and will include uh, four state-of-the-art simulators in go. the pro shop. The so it's right? to become a big, big thing. thing. The key for me on the simulators is they have to be accurate. They have to be within the realm of of possibility and there's different ways of dialing them, but if you know how to dial them in properly and you're using the proper software, the proper gear, they're excellent. The worst thing is to go in and you know the simulators. Oh, you're hitting your driver 220 and your seven iron 230. That's yeah. a, it's a point <laughs> pointless. Endeavor. A, I've got one of my condos yeah. kind of like uh, that. Pointless that <laughs> the old That's technology right. used to work that way. The new technology is you know it's it's 95 percent kind of where you want to be. Right. And exactly. it, to me, it's worth some really worth good using out there. It. Bob, enjoy your weekend. Thank you as always. Same we'll to be you. back. next uh, Next Saturday, I think Adam Scully will return from Perfect. his bachelor. Hopefully, Adam is. Uh, still in one piece. You know, one piece. You know, Adam, take it easy. I know you like to think you're bulletproof at that. Age, <laughs> take it easy. So, Bob, we'll see you next week. Enjoy the CIMB Classic. Enjoy the rest of the week if you play golf. Stay warm. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep your eye open this week on social media. Uh, TaylorMade. I believe the date could be as early as the fifteenth. I saw October fifteenth. I also saw October nineteenth for the official launch of the P seven sixty iron. That's the new forged iron from TaylorMade that Jason Day was sporting earlier on Sales Show Media this week. Looking hot, looking uh, cool. We'll be all over that when we have more information. We'll maybe have one of the boys from TaylorMade on to talk about it. And there's another product launch coming. Uh, you know, at the end. Well, it's not even even at the end of this year. You and I are going to get a behind the scenes look. Yeah, surprise coming. So lots of great. Stuff stuff. stuff coming from the gang at TaylorMade. Keep your eye on that. Thank you so much for listening. Remember, first good decision on the golf course. It always starts in the closet.
0: This segment of GTC presented by Acura was brought to you by the Muskoka Bay Club. Live, stay and play at our award-winning championship golf course. Visit MuskokaBayResort.com today. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Golf Talk Canada. For blogs, show archives, video highlights, and TV schedule, visit us online at golftalkcanada.ca.